Now back to Dan Ronan and Transport Topics Radio on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Joining us from suburban Portland, Oregon, Paul Medig. He is a business consultant, and he runs a company called Business Accelerants, and he has been involved in the transportation industry in a variety of positions for more than 35 years. Paul, as a new voice to the program, as someone here that we've not met on TTR before, go ahead and as sort of an introduction, give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do, and then we're going to get into some specific trucking and transportation-related issues. Sure, Dan. Happy to do that. Uh, I've worked for three major companies. Companies, uh, General Electric, Eaton, and Daimler. Uh, starting in about 1985, I got involved in the trucking side of industry rather than the industrial automation side. Began teaching the people in uh, Eaton Galesburg uh, operations how to program software to make automated mechanical transmissions. Also got to work on some anti-lock brakes early on there, central tire inflation systems, and the uh, earliest uh, radar systems. Uh, they were on Greyhound buses at that point in time as a early warning device. From there, uh, in 94, I had a chance to move up to work with my largest customer, Freightliner. Uh, they were developing the Century Class uh, truck at that point in time and needed some help with the electronics and advanced engineering. So I moved my family here to uh, the Portland, Oregon area and began working with them to bring that truck out, to bring the Argosy out, the M2 uh, and the Cascadia uh, was the last uh, vehicle that I was involved with at uh, Freightliner. Uh, some of you may remember uh, the Sterling product line too, and uh, we took over the uh, Ford product line. Uh, there was a short period of time where we had some things with Oshkosh, and the good thing that came out of that was the Thomas Built Bus operations. So uh, up until the end of 2011, uh, I was developing all kinds of safety devices, electronics. I, I say I was in charge of mechatronics. Uh, which was the group that handled all the electrical, electronics, the brakes, and the safety systems for the vehicles. Then in the last 10 years, uh, I've continued to work with the uh, people in the trucking industry, uh, either as a client or uh, being involved with the um, Technology and Maintenance Council as a volunteer, uh, helping advance the interests of the industry there. So that's short. <laughs> well, that, that there, you've packed in quite a lot into a, into a short period of time. And so now, as you said, you're involved uh, with TMC and with uh, OrbCon as well, and uh, working on smart trailer technology. There's been a lot of talk about smart trailers, and uh, a significant amount of progress has been made, especially with uh, the... Uh, manifestation of sensors and uh, putting those type of devices. Where do you see things at, Paul, in the next five to seven years? By the time we hit 2030, are the trailers that are out there going to look significantly different than those that are being used now? Well, depending on how you look at it, given the length of time that a trailer is in operation from uh, 12 to 20 years or more, uh, the trailers that are being produced today uh, are already looking significantly different than the ones that are in the field. Uh, in the late 80s on the tractor side, we had zero computers until we first had uh, one for the engine. And today on a typical tractor, you probably have somewhere between 20 and 30 computers. Uh, if you look at a dash, each of the gauges might be its own computer. We have the anti-lock brakes. We have the transmission controls. So there's a lot going on there. The same thing is going to happen uh, on the trailer side. 
Uh, the first trailer telematics devices uh, came out before 2010. Uh, we're, and then uh, even before that, in uh, 2021, we had anti-lock brakes on the trailer. So there's uh, a couple of instances of computers. We have the uh, refrigeration units that are moving towards electronically controlled. So there's three computers already on the uh, trailer. And as we go forward, uh, we're going to see all 10, 12 computers probably on a, a truck uh, trailer going forward. Uh, I made an interesting statement uh, last week at uh, TMC. If you look at the number of class eight electric vehicles that are out there, you'd probably be hard pressed to find more than a few hundred, uh, no more than a thousand that are out there right now. And yet I'm aware of something like 100,000 smart trailers that are out there today. That's a pretty big number, but it's going to be, as we see more trailers produced and we see the more the need for them increase, it seems as though the, the trailer manufacturers are, are sensing that there is a really a revolution that's taking place in their particular sector. Yes. Uh, what I've seen is that each of the trailer OEMs has now uh, partnered with one or more of the purveyors of the smart trailer technology. Uh, so you can buy as standard, if you will, or you can buy factory outfitted uh, with the smart trailer technology on it right now. Are these situations where you can, like anything else, Paul, like if you're going into a new car dealership these days and you're uh, buying a car uh, where you can buy uh, technology add-ons that you can start with a base model and then as you work your way up and as you uh, decide to add more items on, you just buy more items and uh, purchase them, and uh, they're just fixed into the cost of the vehicle itself. Absolutely. You know, this is the trucking industry, and we are very much into being able to option things compared to what you can do with a car today, uh, which has gotten narrower in what you can select. Uh, the trucking industry is still whatever you want. Uh, we will find a way to do it if there's a way for someone to make money on it. For instance, we uh, surveyed the top 12 trailer rental and leasing fleets in one of the reports we did uh, for TMC that's available on ATA Business Solutions. And they are willing to entertain any electronic device, any piece of technology for one of their clients and customers, if they can make sense out of the financials associated with it. Now, by that, I mean, if you're going to rent a trailer for 30 days, you're not going to be able to get much on that trailer. But if you're willing to do a five-year lease on a trailer, uh, then the, the leasing company is more than willing to look at what technology you need. And, and we should get into, you know, why would you want this technology on a trailer? Well, that, that was going to be my next question, Paul, because there's uh, been this discussion and debate at TMC and other organizations as well, that there's so much data now that is being uh, manufactured uh, in the tractor, in the trailer that the real question becomes, what is the really important data and what is the junk? So um, what I like to tell people that I've learned in my 35 plus years in our industry <clears throat> is it's not about the engine. It's not about the transmission where I started. It's not about the tractor. It's not even about the trailer. It's all about the load that we are being tasked to move from point A to point B. Now, in the last couple of years, that was vaccines. Uh, that is food that has to be delivered. It is steel that we need in our factories. Uh, it is 
um, toilet paper even, you know, was a, was oh, yeah, a big paper thing. towels. Absolutely. Um, and, and paper for printing still. Uh, each of those loads are what people are most concerned with. Um, if you're talking about those vaccines, you may recall we had to keep those frozen to uh, some horrendously cold temperature. 60 below. Yeah, I couldn't remember the, the number, and that was in centigrade, I believe. Yes. Um, so we had to come up with all new ways of transporting that uh, in a trailer. We had to come up with special uh, locations and hubs where we could store them for a period of time before we could move them. So it was important to track those goods and the temperature of those goods from the factory all the way to the point of dispensing when we you know, got our shot in our arms. That's one of the things that drives it. The same thing is really important on food. Uh, there are new regulations that were put into effect uh, that are still playing their way out that require us to be able to track what's happening with a head of lettuce all the way from the field where it is harvested, all the way through the grocery store to the restaurant, to the plate in front of you at the table in the restaurant. They have things called key data elements of what you need to track, and then they have critical data events as to when you need to record everything that happened in order to make it safe. That's one of the things that drives technology onto the trailer. Another is, I look at Coming from Detroit, I'm very much into factories and started in industrial automation. So it's all about how effective you're making use of your equipment. And we all know that we want tractors moving. We all know we want trailers moving. And so being able to use technology to make sure that that trailer is being properly utilized is important. One of the earliest things that people did with trailer telematics is just, where is the trailer? Is it in the place where it's moving or is it stuck in a yard someplace? Is it being used as uh, inventory storage? Um, if I'm a, a fleet and I want to go pick up a trailer, I want to know that that trailer is ready, that it's really unloaded, that the tires are in proper operating condition so that I can uh, make use of uh, that trailer and keep everything moving in this industry. Paul, we're coming up to a break, our first break of the broadcast here at the half hour. We're talking with Paul Menig. He runs a company called Business Accelerance on the web at businessaccelerance.com. As we were talking about at the beginning of the broadcast, he has more than 35 years in the trucking industry specific to technology issues. And among the things that he's done, he's working with the good folks at TMC right now on a number of issues. And we'll talk with Paul when we come back from the break about that as well. If you'd like to reach out to me on any of the various social media platforms, that's pretty easy. The email is dronan at ttnews.com. That's dronan at ttnews.com. Also LinkedIn and of course, Twitter at dronantranspo. We'll continue our conversation with Paul Minnig after these messages here on Sirius XM channel 146. Let's go. 
be there. When Drake plays Harlem's historic Apollo Theater for the first time ever, just tap into his exclusive Sirius XM channel, Sound 42, on the SXM app before 11 p.m. Eastern on October 26th. And look for a pop-up message with instructions on how to win. For official rules and details, visit SiriusXM.com slash Drake. No purchase necessary. Drake at the Apollo in a Sirius XM exclusive performance. Heading down the road, Garmin leading the way. Garmin's how all the truckers get it done. And now we're moving along with a custom route to get there. Diesel's all you need, it's all in one. Diesel's all you need, it's all in one. The Garmin Diesel Series. We're talking about a large navigation screen with custom routes made just for your rig. When you pull up to your stop, it switches to a clear overhead view of your destination. You can also get a premium headset to make and take calls and a smartwatch to track your health and simplify life on the road. The Garmin Diesel Series, and that's spelled D-E-Z-L, y'all. Now sing it with me. Heading down the road, Garmin leading the way. Garmin's how all the truckers get it done. And now we're moving along with a custom route to get there. Diesel's all you need, it's all in one. Diesel's all you need, it's all in one. You are currently overpaying on your taxes. We're certain about that. If you make more than $500,000 annually and are a business owner, or if you're a high net worth individual and you're tired of overpaying your taxes, we can help. At TSP Family Office, we're a team of tax and financial strategists who've helped thousands of clients save millions of dollars in taxes and grow that savings to create a multi-generational legacy. How do we do this? By using a powerful combination of time-tested, proven deductions and advanced growth and preservation strategies developed by our team of experts. We know what you can and cannot do. Remember, it's not how much money you make. It's how much you keep, grow, and protect. We help you keep more and realize your potential. If you're ready to keep more and pay less in taxes, dial pound 250 and say keep more. Again, dial pound 250 and say keep more to put TSP Family Office to work lowering your tax bill. Hey drivers, do you dread looking for a place to park after a day out on the road? Put an end to your parking struggle at Averitt. With access to over 100 safe, secure service centers, Averitt drivers never have to worry about finding a place to unwind after a day of hard work behind the wheel. Hiring now for regional dedicated local shuttle and team runs. Apply today at AverettDrivers.com. Put an end to your parking struggle at Averitt. AverettDrivers.com. From pin to pin, state to state, light to light, it's, it's all about trucking. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Find us online and on the SXM app. Now, more Transport Topics Radio with Dan Ronan on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. We're back on TTR. Our guest, Paul Minig, he is a new voice to the program, and we're happy to have him with us talking about a number of issues concerning technology in the trucking industry, and he has quite an extensive background in that particular area. Paul, uh, you've been doing a lot of work with uh, Robert Braswell and the good folks at TMC, and uh, they they just finished their big event recently in Cleveland, Ohio. Talk about some of the things that uh, are taking place at TMC. Then I want to talk a little bit also about your work with the uh, Transportation Safety Safety Equipment Institute and uh, that 60 plus year organization that's been around for a long time. But let's first start with the TMC work. So uh, uh, in 2019, uh, I became aware of what's going on with the trailers and smart 
tra trailer technology. And it occurred to me that the, the experience we've had on the tractor side from the late 80s till today uh, with the standardization of electronics and communications was something that was going to be needed and going to happen on the trailer. So we began focusing on what do we need for the next generation trailer? What data is going to be uh, needed to be sent around on the trailer and back to the fleets? Uh, what electrical connections are you going to need? Uh, will the existing seven-way connector uh, and its companion uh, ISO 9141 or something connector uh, be enough? Uh, what are we going to do if we have electrified axles and batteries on trailers? And so we, we put together two task forces, one in study group S7, which deals with trailers, and one in study group S1, which deals with uh, the electrical interface between the tractor and the trailer. We had uh, vendors from uh, 13 to 15 different vendors make presentations on the web through the pandemic so that we could keep making progress on this. Uh, we did a report through TMC that's available on ATA Business Solutions, interviewing uh, 12 trailer rental and leasing companies to get their input on the future trailer and what they're doing today. Uh, then we followed that up uh, with the early adopters of refrigeration transport. Uh, again, the report's available through ATA Business Solutions. Uh, one of the things I learned was that uh, it really shouldn't be called refrigerated transport. It should be called climate controlled. Because if you are dealing with uh, seed corn, for instance, uh, or grain, you need to also be controlling the humidity of the product. And if you are transporting, say, paint in Canada, where it's very cold, you don't want that paint to freeze. So you actually have to heat it. Uh, so it's probably better to call these climate-controlled uh, trailers that we need to have. Uh, that just culminated uh, this uh, meeting in Cleveland with approval uh, by the group for a position paper. Uh, we outlined about 13 different things that are important to our industry, to our fleets, uh, when somebody goes and designs a new system. It includes things like um, who owns the uh, data that comes off the trailer? Uh, do we have proprietary solutions or do we have standard open solutions? It deals with cybersecurity. It deals with having to have backward compatibility, among other things. Sounds like you got a lot on your plate, Paul, quite honestly, at, at, at this stage with, with TMC, as, as you pointed out, as a quote, unquote, volunteer. It's uh, It's been a passion of mine uh, to be involved in trucking. I first joined TMC uh, when I was at Eaton uh, in 1988. So it's been a lifelong, almost, uh, or at least career-long uh, involvement with them. And it's helping our industry move forward. Uh, and uh, a simple example, I, I talked about food earlier. In 2012, just after I left Daimler, uh, my wife came down with listeria. Uh, and was literally within 24 hours of dying. We didn't even, you know, know that. And, it, and somehow, somewhere, she had some food that uh, had been tainted uh, and had trying to find that. So as I look at what I'm doing now, I'm just trying to follow up on uh, the, the wonderful outcome that I had that my wife is still with me. Great point that you made, though, that there are some instances and some times of the year when uh – Products do not need to be kept cold, but rather they need to be kept at a certain consistency in terms of temperature to keep from freezing. Because if you're traveling through 
uh, Western Canada in, uh, let's say, January, it's very likely that the outside air temperature might be uh, 25 or 30 degrees below zero. And uh, paint or some sort of a uh, product such as that, uh, if you're Sherwin-Williams, it doesn't do real well, does it? No, it doesn't. The The other thing that surprised me was I always think of refrigerated stuff as being, oh, it's, it's food. But then I learned it was a, a lot of vaccines and pharmaceuticals that have to be kept cold. And then the one that really surprised me was candles. What? Candles need to be kept cold? Well, when it's 120, <laughs> when it's 120 degrees in Texas and Arizona and New they Mexico, <laughs> they do. And then one of my favorites uh, is chocolate. If you don't have chocolate at the right temperature, uh, it's going to melt. Uh, and if you want to put it into ice cream, it's got to be the right temperature to, to mix with the ice cream. So tremendous interesting things that go on in our industry that some of us looking from the outside don't understand what all those fleet dispatch people and fleet maintenance people are doing to keep us all happy uh, and oblivious uh, to what really takes to make us happy. There really is a, uh, a lack of understanding by consumers to what it takes the, when you go into the store or you go to Amazon or whatever uh, web-based uh, server company you use. Uh, to buy something, and then all of a sudden you uh, you push the send button, and miraculously it shows up on your door in eighteen hours. There really is a sort of a um, not an understanding of all of the technology and all of the work that's behind that. Is is that correct? That's right. And the the pandemic, uh, as we've seen, helped a lot of people understand how important truck drivers are, truck technicians are and how important the transportation industry is to our uh, society. Let's talk about uh, the Transportation Safety Equipment Institute. Uh, been around for a long time, 60-plus uh, years, and uh, this is something that uh, you also have a passion for. Talk about that. So uh, approximately uh, three years ago, uh, I had an opportunity to become the executive director of the uh, Trade Association. Uh, they were started before the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards existed. And primarily, it was uh, several lighting companies, including the likes of Peterson Manufacturing, Truck Light, uh, Grody Industries, and several others that got together uh, because they were dealing with all the state's laws, and they wanted more standardization. And they wanted to make sure that uh, people who are doing aftermarket retrofits weren't providing a uh, product that was uh, inappropriate and, and didn't meet some level of standards. So now it's a legal standard as to what a replacement part must meet. The thing I'm most proud of in my uh, career uh, in trucking uh, or transportation is the ability to work on safety equipment. Uh, Daimler truck was very big on safety. Volvo truck is very big on safety. Uh, I'm not going to say that Trayton and, and Pekar are not. Everyone is. Uh, and so it's been great that I now have a chance to continue to work in that area of safety, trying to make sure that human factors are taken into account when we design the, the headlamps, the turn signals, uh, the dash layouts. And we've now extended uh, the mission of the Transportation Safety Equipment Institute to include all kinds of devices for vision. So in my mind, that's radar, LIDAR, and ultrasonics, uh, just as a starting point. Uh, we've already been involved uh, in noisemaking if you will. Uh, when you back up a truck, there's always some sort of a warning. Uh, I back up my electric car now, and there's a warning that's associated with that. And there's some requirements in the industry uh, for blind people that a quiet electric vehicle needs to be able to make some sounds. 
We have cameras that have to be uh, put on uh, kind of the medium duty trucks. That's to 14,000 pounds. And I see that that technology is going to extend. Uh, referring back to our trailers, uh, cameras are being used on the interior of a trailer to make sure that the load hasn't moved, that there is a load there, uh, hasn't been stolen, and that the trailer is empty and ready to be picked up. Uh, we involved heavily in the lighting, and that's recently come into play uh, with uh, different styles of sequential turn signaling, uh, with uh, pulsating uh, brake lamps uh, that are being discussed in the industry. And then uh, uh, one more thing, uh, oh, uh, conspicuity tape. Uh, 3M is one of our uh, major uh, members. And we're now talking about improving the tape that goes down on the roads in order for cameras and LIDAR and radar to better be able to see that. Uh, that takes me into the area of vehicle-to-infrastructure communications. 5.9 gigahertz. Or what, or Ethernet or whatever it may end up being. Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. Because uh, there are too many deaths that occur at construction zones. And so we're going to be seeing uh, some embedded device in the truck, which may well be a lamp uh, because it's in a, a perfect spot on a vehicle to be able to provide direct line of sight communications to something. So it's exciting to continue to be able to be involved in safety, to uh, cut down on crashes, cut down on the uh, impact of uh, losses and damages, and most importantly, to save lives of the drivers, the people in the passenger cars, and what we call uh, vulnerable road users, bicyclists and pedestrians. Absolutely. Hey, Paul, before we go, wrap up our conversation, take a few moments and tell our listeners if they would like to reach out to you and uh, find out more about uh, your organization, Business Accelerance. How can they do that, sir? So you mentioned it earlier, uh, businessaccelerance.com is the best place to go. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. I am very fortunate that there is only one other Paul Menig in the world. Uh, Menig is not a very common name. So Paul, M-E-N-I-G, on LinkedIn will get you to just about everything available for me as well. Paul, easy to know. Paul Menig, M-E-N-I-G. And uh, you're the only guy out in the Portland, Oregon area, too, we should point out. Yes. And, and actually, if you go to paulmenig.com, uh, it automatically goes over to Business Accelerance. Paul, fair enough. Fascinating conversation. Appreciate the work that you do for TMC and the Transportation Safety Equipment List, and certainly with OrbCon as well. Certainly appreciate uh, your contribution to the trucking industry. We'll have to have this conversation again going forward. I look forward to it, Dan. Paul Menig, joining us on the Newsmaker Line from Portland, Oregon. This is Transport Topics Radio on Sirius XM Channel 146.